Hey there, it's Laverne McKinnon. I'm a career coach and certified grief recovery specialist, and I'm so happy to welcome you to the Moonshot Mentor Blogcast. I love to share stories, insights, and tools to help you achieve your dreams. And frequently, achieving your dreams means failures, mistakes, and face plants. So it's critical to mourn these losses, which is why I'm both a coach and a grief doula. I like to refer to this podcast as a blogcast because I'm reading my blog for those who prefer listening over reading. So today I'm going off the career and grief topics because I wanted to write a kind of like a love letter to my eldest daughter, Mitzi, in honor of Pride Month, which we're coming down to the last few days of. And so this this story really explores everything from childhood crushes to European adventures. Um, Mitzi's journey, it embodies courage, independence, and the celebration of love. So join me, listen, and honoring LGBTQ plus pride and embracing the beauty of being true to oneself. Did you ever have a crush on a girl? My eldest daughter, Mitzi, asked me this question when she was about seven years old. We were building a Bionicle Lego on the floor in her room, and she was nervous. Her voice was a whisper. And despite the afternoon sun lighting up the space, it felt like we were on a secret spy mission in a dark alley, and someone might be eavesdropping on a very important conversation. We had to keep our voices low. Oh yeah, for sure. There was this one girl that I could not stop thinking about. She had long blonde hair, and I loved the way she would twirl it in her fingers, I said. Mitzi's face went from anxious and pinched to surprised and then relaxed. She popped a Lego piece in and just like that, Atticus's second blade was in place and he was a formidable warrior. About 10 years later, Mitzi shared with me that she thought she needed to be a boy in order for girls to like her back. It's in great part why she had a buzz cut, short hair, and wore boy clothes from when she was about three years old until eighth grade. Even when she got harassed in elementary school for using the girls' bathroom, she refused to change the way she looked. I wrote about Mitzi about a year ago when she made the decision to not go to college after high school. It was a tough decision in the sense that there was so much pressure from her school and other people in her life to take a proven path, but it didn't align with her values of financial responsibility, return on investment, and clarity of purpose. She didn't know what she wanted to study or what she wanted to do professionally. My husband and I supported her decision, knowing she could honor our family value of education in other ways than college. Mitzi did know that she loved photography, traveling, and spending time with her girlfriend, Zoe. So she got a job at Alfred's Coffee Shop and saved aggressively. In just a few days, Mitzi and Zoe will return from a three-month trip that they took to Europe. To say I'm bursting with pride is an understatement. She paid for the trip entirely on her own and also planned the whole itinerary. I was ready to chip in and was looking forward to doing research with her and finding good deals, but she values her independence and I think she wanted to prove to herself that she could do it. I was a little concerned about two lesbians traveling together for the first time in foreign countries, several of which I had never been to. I wasn't sure if they might run into homophobia. Luckily, it was minor. As Mitzi continues to find her way in the world, I'm grateful for Pride Month, a time dedicated to the celebration and commemoration of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender pride. 
We've never been to a pride parade together, but she's gone several times. There's that independence again. The spotlight that's created during Pride Month not only brings awareness to LGBTQ plus people, it also celebrates with reckless abandon that love is love. The hard truth, though, is that this type of love takes great, great, great effort to protect and nurture and normalize. Pride Month, for those who don't know, was sparked in 1969 with the Stonewall Riots in New York City. Stonewall was a bar for gay men, the only one in the city, and was beloved for the dancing. What started the riots is still not clear today, but the story that came up most frequently in a Google search centers on how police raided the Stonewall and roughed up a woman dressed in men's clothing. A crowd erupted and that kicked off six days of protests. Historians say that this event changed LGBTQ plus activism in the U.S., One year later, in 1970, Pride Month was celebrated for the first time. One would think that 50-plus years of activism would make a significant difference, but unfortunately, it has not. In writing this post, I asked Mitzi and Zoe about the challenges they face. The first is hypersexualization. Some people only view lesbians as a porn category, so lesbianism becomes reduced to male fantasy. And a lot of people, queer or otherwise, have been conditioned to believe that the word lesbian is a bad or dirty word. Some lesbians themselves don't like the word. So a lot will strictly say gay or gay women instead of lesbian. The second category is male validation. Some women will kiss or hook up with each other purely for a man's attention, which further devalues the legitimacy of being a woman-loving woman. They don't hook up because they like each other that way, but because they want men to see that and find them attractive. It reinforces the hypersexualization point. The third category is that if there's no man, then there's no worth. So frequently, lesbians will hear, you just haven't found the right man yet. This probably gets said to gay men as well, but not to the extent it does for lesbians. Men have always been allowed to exist on their own, while women who exist on their own have frequently been socially shunned. And men are the head of households, the ones who work to financially support the household. They're needed to reproduce, keep the blood going, etc., etc. And then the final category is transphobia. Some lesbians are transphobes. They feel threatened by trans women's existence. They do not believe that trans women can be, quote, true lesbians because they were biologically born male. I appreciate Mitzi and Zoe sharing these thoughts with me and allowing me to share them in this blog. Now, through my own research and observation, I know that starting a family as a lesbian is very, very challenging. There's a plethora of bias and discrimination, not to mention the incredibly high cost of artificial insemination, surrogacy, and adoption fees. We adopted Mitzi from China and have since discovered that China and other countries deny gay people the right to adopt. One of the women in our adoption group uh, had to go to China as a single woman in order to adopt. Lesbians are also clumped together in one big group that encompasses gay, bisexual, transgender, queer people, even when there's conflicting interests, challenges, and values. And then when identifying a career or occupation, there's often a qualifier, a lesbian writer versus writer, a lesbian politician versus politician, a lesbian teacher versus teacher. You get the idea. There's also the discomfort of being an obvious couple in a sea of heterosexual couples, which brings unwanted attention, scrutiny, curiosity, and judgment. And then I also recently learned that there are very few lesbian bars in the United States. I'm sort of like unbelievable. 
So while I'm proud that Mitzi bucked the system and made her way to Europe for three months, I'm more proud that she continues to stay true to herself despite the challenges she faces and will continue to face. Mitzi has taught me to make choices based on my values and not someone else's. Mitzi made a difficult choice due to the adult and peer pressure that she received to not go to college so she could honor her values of financial responsibility, return on investment, and clarity of purpose. She's taught me to trust my ability to problem solve when the inevitable mistakes happen, either of my own making or someone else's. Mitzi was scared that something might go wrong on the trip, but she buckled up and went, oh, anyway. And of course, there were several times when her well-thought-out travel plans didn't quite line up properly, but she figured it out. And to never listen to the gremlin voices that say you should or shouldn't do something. Those gremlins are out to keep you small and stop you from living your values. When you hear should... That's a clue that the gremlins want to stop you in your tracks. Mitzi battled several gremlin voices, including one that said she should wait to travel until she's older. And I think I'm most proud that Mitzi's really embodied for me to design my life as I see fit, as long as I'm willing to take action and make changes as needed. Mitzi wants a life of travel right now, so she got a job, saved her money, and stepped outside her comfort zone. So while I usually write about career and disenfranchised grief, I'm going off topic in order to honor my values of courage, compassion, and being conspicuous. I'm trusting my ability to navigate any pushback on publicly supporting the LGBTQ plus community and Pride Month. I've karate chopped the gremlin voice who says you should stay on topic and took action by drafting this blog so that I can celebrate both the little girl who wanted to know if it was okay to have a crush on another girl and the 18-year-old woman who traveled to Europe with her girlfriend. My question for you today is, what values do you need to prioritize to design the life you want? I'd love to hear your thoughts so please drop me a comment. You can also visit me at moonshotmentor.com or follow me on social media at moonshotmentor on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you enjoy what you hear, I would so, so appreciate if you could subscribe to my blogcast. It would help me achieve my moonshot of 5,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for tuning in.